Hello, uh, coming up today, we'll be delving deep into the Torchwood archives and see what we can uncover from that incident with the Cyberwoman. Ready, Liam? Uh, as ready as I'll ever be. Let's go. I should have spoke over this bit of the theme. Never mind. Oh well. The TARDIS cloister bell. Imminent disaster. The cloister bell? Yes. What's that? Well, it's a sort of communications device reserved for wild catastrophes and sudden calls to man the battle stations. That's the cloister bell. Don't worry about that for now. It's not really terribly significant. The cloister bell? Oh no. Hello, everybody. Hello, Liam. Hi, Rob. Hi, everyone. Hi. What's new with you? <laughs> um, well, in terms... Well, uh, my mother's a big fan of the John Wicks films. And the fourth one has recently been released at the cinema. So I thought, oh, it's a treat. Take my mum to the cinema to, to see that. So been to the cinema to see John Wicks 4. Going off our previous podcast, because uh, we were talking a bit about... Um, the evil dead i saw the the trailer for evil dead rising all right was it a bit of a graphic trailer uh yeah i mean the, with sam raimi's stuff i know that, you know you obviously got the horror mm. mixed in with humor watching this i didn't really get any of the humor and it was really not my thing it was like one of those <laughs> things like is this trailer ever going to end actually one of the funny things is um uh, I've never seen it, but I know that it's it's really good. That uh, there was a movie that came out a couple of years back uh, called uh, Crazy Rich Asians, and there was a trailer uh, for oh, I've forgotten the name of it now, but it's from the same people responsible for making that. They've, they've done this other thing. Uh, usually, it wouldn't be quite my thing, but it looked really appealing because it was the only trailer for anything remotely lighthearted. Like everything is just like dark and serious and dark and serious and dark. Um, and it's it, it, there doesn't seem to be any balance. It's like, like even seeing the trailer for the Flash. Did you um, did you watch the new one that came out yesterday? Uh, oh no no. Oh yeah, I there's didn't. a new one with more more Keaton. Ah right okay. Well, I mean I've got to admit when I when I was when the the trailer came on and seeing all the stuff to do with uh, Michael Keaton and hearing the little bit of um, uh, the eighty nine Batman theme, it did you know I thought oh yeah it's quite good did uh you know bring that sense of nostalgia back um but it's just it just seems to be taking itself far too seriously but in a way which is you know it's a thing is that oh we in order for us to like tell something of worth it's got to be dark and it's got to be serious and it's it just comes across as adolescent Mm. and there was a whole load of trailers like that um and there's nothing you know, because most listeners will, will will know, and you do, uh, Rob, that you know, I I love films. Um, so if someone who 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 loves uh, movies, going to the cinema, you know, should be a just a, a normal thing. There's so little being made now, which has really any appeal. It's a bit of a shame. But anyway, going on the positive, well, sort of the positives. So when we went to see uh, John Wick's Fall bit funny because it's the first john wicks film i've ever seen uh i, I haven't seen one. any oh uh, have you not all right okay well this was the, the uh first one i saw but uh mother's seen all the other ones 
not quite my thing. I mean, to to be honest, I did get a, a bit bored. I was, <laughs> I wanted story, but there's the vague vestiges of one in in all the fighting. But the main thing is, my mother enjoyed it, and, you know, and I was taking her to the cinema to see it, so that was the main thing. But I've got to say, even though it wasn't quite my thing, um, I do recognise it as being a very well made film, and the fight sequence. I mean, that's the thing for for me. The fight sequences just, you know, the, the, they're a lot and they go on. They go on a, you know, they're, they're very long, but they're incredibly well done, um, and the, the amount of hard work that the Keanu Reeves and everyone else does in, in putting those fight sequences together is incredibly impressive, and it, it's it's made by people who 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 love film as well. I mean, th- there were some nice homages to to other films. There's a nice reference to Lawrence of Arabia in there, which may come as a surprise for people, but it's there. There was a movie that came out in 1979, I think, called The Warriors. There's this big fight sequence thing going on in Paris, nearing the end of the film. Don't worry, I'm not going to ruin anything for for anyone who hasn't seen it yet. But there, are, you know, the the, the 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 way that it's structured and the way that they have um, a radio announcer incorporated clearly references that film. So that you know, there's nods to all these things. So that there are things in there to enjoy. Just wasn't quite my cup of tea, but. I do recognise that, even though it's not quite my thing. It's a, you know, it's a very well made, well put together film, and I can you know see why people would 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 enjoy it. It is it is well made. So interesting. <laughs> mm. um, so in terms of like watching things new, that that's really been it. Um, the usual run of, of of reading. I've been reading the James Bond, well, rereading the James Bond books. Um, because there's nothing like going back to the Ian Fleming novels. They're still incredibly enjoyable. At the moment, I'm reading the fourth one, which is Diamonds Are Forever, which I think is a very underrated uh, uh, Bond novel. So I'm enjoying that. But I think after I've finished that, um, I'll probably have a break from the from the Bond books and go and read other stuff. But nice. uh, but other than that, it's it, you know apart from those things, oh, they're catching up with friends. I'm meeting a friend this weekend and you know making plans and all the rest of it but uh other than that it's just been business as usual really That's how good. about you a uh, bit of work bit of relaxing i've mm-hmm. been watching a show on amazon prime called jury duty and it is like a reality show um one guy is genuine and he's he thinks he's going on jury duty and he also thinks that Someone's making a doc- like a documentary about it. Okay. Um, but the twist is, everyone on the jury, everyone on the court, even the judge, the police, they're all actors. Right. And, and this is in America. Hmm. Um. So the the tri- the trial goes on, um, and some weird things happen. Um. One of the one of the jurors is Cyclops from X Men. I take it you mean the actor. He's not dressed yeah, up. Yeah, he's as not Cyclops. dressed up. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would give the game away. Yeah, well, that that was a good watch. Oh, okay. Yeah, that does sound a bit. Jury interesting. duty. Yeah. Yeah, jury duty. Okay. Yeah. Um. What else have I been watching? Uh, well, I did a bit of reading. I decided to watch. No, I didn't. <laughs> I decided to <laughs> just watch the books. Um, I thought I'd revisit some of the alien books. And oh, okay. I didn't know where to start. So I uh, thought, you know, I'll go, I'll go real far back. So 
I'm starting with um, Earthhive, which is not an original novel. It's a novelization of the original Dark Horse comics. Um, so in, in the comics, initially it was, it came out after Aliens. And it featured like Hicks and Newt. Um, and because Alien 3 was due to come out, um, Dark Horse was getting these this comic series um, novelized. Um, but they wanted to keep keep the continuity kind of making sense. So what they mm. did was they they thought they'll they'll just change the name of the characters. So instead of Hicks and Newt, we've got Wilkes and I don't know, I think it's Billy or something. And they're not from they didn't go to LV four two six. They're from this world called Rim. So there's these identical characters. Mm-hmm. Um they went to an identical colony and they nuked it because it had aliens. The whole scenario was the same. <laughs> right, okay. So I would rather it was just written as them, like this alternate continuity as it was in the comics. Um, mm. I do have the comics, the graphic novel. I'm going to read that next. But um, yeah, it's a bit jarring that. They even goes far to reference that there were some, there were this other guy, this other Marine and this other kid and this other civilian who also survived <laughs> a, a, col- a colonist that colony that got nuked that had aliens but we don't know where they are at the moment so that it goes as far to reference that twice so far in the book <laughs> right, it's, okay. it's so bizarre and <laughs> i'm just in my mind i just have to visualize hicks and newt it you can't not do it they're the, the, the ident they're described the same mm. they are the characters but they're also not Mm. Uh, yeah no i get yeah okay yeah. That's anyway I, i'm gonna plow through them so there's um of the original novels uh one, three, four, five, six. i think it's probably a, a dozen or so um so i might i might i know last time we spoke i said liam don't let me start a blog but i'm just gonna do it anyway uh, oh, right, okay. <laughs> and i'll just write my thoughts about each book as i go oh fair enough i'll check that out yeah um let me know when you put that up oh it will do yeah makes me want to watch the alien movies now actually yeah should we do that should we stick with on now no <laughs> no we've got we've got work to do um, oh, for God's sake. okay um i've finished picard season three is that wrapped right I'm quite uh, quite pleased with how it went yeah i've heard good things the impression i've got is that uh fans of the series are pleased that um Series three really pulled it out the bag. It's sort of the impression I get, Rob, is that it's sort of what people would have wanted from the beginning in the first place. Definitely. Um, it's a bit bittersweet because it abandons um, some plot elements that it had established in the first and second season that would have made sense to carry on. Um, I wouldn't exactly call them plot holes because they're not revisited, but it it kind of built around certain new characters in the first two seasons yeah and I'm, then it just uh, goes and ditches them and does the yeah. reunion well it's it's funny because uh i've come across some fan comments online which is that uh they, they've acknowledged what you just said but they love it because i think uh season one and series two of picard from what i can gather has been a lot of people aren't don't particularly like yeah. them and i, I, I felt some... that but i invested myself in it anyway yeah, but I think a lot of 
I think there was one main writer in particular that went, the guy's just a hack and he doesn't get Star Trek. They brought in a new team of, of new writers for series three. Everyone seems happy and everyone just goes, yeah, right, there's perfect. all these problems all these problems with the first two series how do you overcome them you, you ignore them yeah it's like a brand new show yeah yeah so bizarre um i'm pleased you enjoyed it it's good yeah it was good i think i'll give it another watch um and it it leaves open feature stories with characters as well whether they'll do it or not it's very open-ended and it leaves it in a really nice place mm-hmm what was the final episode of The Next Generation? What was that called? Uh, that was a story called um, All Good Things. Um, and in that story, um, Captain Picard um, was splintered through time by Q. Um, mm. He was in a present day. Part of him was living in the past, um, like during back during season one when Tasha Yar was around mm-hmm. and part of him was living like 30 years later incidentally at the time of Picard <laughs> when all the <laughs> characters are prosthetically aged and they don't match what they look like now yeah but if uh because I, I remember that episode really well and that ends with them playing uh poker together it does doesn't it? yeah uh and from what i from what i understand that gets referenced. It does, yeah. Um, nice. Star Trek Nemesis was was the last film. It wasn't intended to be the last film, but it was that last film anyway. And it and it ended and it on it tanked a bit, and no one yeah, liked it. it ended yeah. on a bit of a sour note because Data just got killed, and it wasn't the happy ending that you really wanted. Mm. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's left next generation. It's redeemed all that, and it's yeah, it's in a good place. Just oh, le- nice. leave it be now. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, by the sounds of it, that right? All these problems stemming from the previous two series, and then all the issues with the films. So things that have been going on for I don't know, yeah, twenty years. It's all been <laughs> resolved. Leave it alone. Oh yeah. Um, I finished season three of Star Wars: The Mandalorian on Disney Plus. Um, okay. Yeah, it was good. Um, people, I think people had some issues with the season, but it was mostly enjoyable. The ending was brilliant, yet predictable, uh, but it was enjoyable. That's all I can say. But uh, there is one thing that uh, I'm looking forward to watching. Um, Harry from the Who Can Convince You podcast, uh, if anyone knows, is uh, really into music and is musically talented himself. And uh, we both like a band called King Crimson. And last year there was a uh, a film documentary uh, that was released uh, in cinemas, but it had a limited release. And we were both trying to get uh, to the cinema to see it, but we didn't have the opportunity to. And then about two weeks ago, um, it had a limited re-release as well. I was like, all right, okay, great. So on that rare occasion of going, there's something at the cinema I want to watch... Um, the scheduling was off. I mean, who on uh, I can't see it on a Wednesday at two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm at work, and that was the mm. you know, so that was uh, I was just like uh, I'm never going to be able to see it. Anyway, uh, Harry messaged me. He reached out, and because um, I had absolutely no idea it was released on on uh, Blu-ray, um, that announcement completely passed me by. Uh, it was only through Harry letting me know. So thanks, Harry. Um, so he's ordered it. I think he's watched it. Don't know what he thinks yet, uh, but I've got it. 
uh, finally got delivered, and I'm looking forward to watching that. So, should be should be good. Oh, nice one, Harry. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks, Harry. So, um, hopefully, the next uh, podcast. <laughs> see whether I like it or not. Oh, I what I watched Godzilla versus Kong the other day. Finally. Oh, all right, and. Uh, it was short, shorter than expected, and um, uh, it was fairly average. Oh. <laughs> Maybe because I knew the twist at the end. Can we talk about the twist? When did this film come out? A couple of years ago. Wait, last year? Yeah, last year. Oh, I thought you meant like one of the like the original Japanese ones. From no, the no, 50s it's, or it's, it's the, new, the new ones, the MonsterVerse, which began with... Godzilla in when was that 2016 or something? Yeah, uh, I remember that. Yeah, then yeah. Kong Skull Island, then Godzilla King of the Monsters, then Godzilla versus Kong, and the next one's going to be called I don't know how you pronounce it because it's Godzilla X Kong. No, yeah. like uh, he's his ex girlfriend now or something. I don't know. <laughs> right. But are they good fun? Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good fun. That that's pretty much it. Um. Mm. Um, interesting way to look at them. It's like it's like this battle of male egos as well, because you've got Godzilla. Um, he's like this, this apex alpha predator. Um, mm. You've got King Kong, biggest ego ever. He's 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 king. Um, then you've got King Ghidorah, which is this three-headed space dragon who's also king. Um, right. Godzilla kills King Ghidorah and himself becomes King of the Monsters. And then you've got uh, King Kong and Godzilla, King of the Monsters, facing off against each other. Um, oh, I just <laughs> want to see Godzilla uh, versus King Charles. Yeah, that'll be the next one, yeah. <laughs> Scraping the bottom of the barrel with that one. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, before we move on, we'll see what's also available. All at closetobellpodcast.com. We have a Torchwood memory game. Uh, we have a classified Patreon file by Liam. Oh, yes. I keep on forgetting that, about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Top secret. Um, we have reviewed Everything Changes on episode 106. We reviewed Day One on episode 110. And we reviewed Ghost Machine on episode 116. And today I want to... Um, Cyberwoman. So, shall I read out the plot? This is from, as always, our little Bible. It's Telos Publishing's Unauthorized and Unofficial Guide to Tortured Series 1, Inside the Hub, by Stephen James Walker. So, the plot reads, Ianto's girlfriend, Lisa, was part converted into a Cyberman in her recent invasion attempt, in in their recent invasion attempt, sorry. She didn't try and invade. <laughs> he since smuggled her and the cyber conversion equipment that now acts as her life support system into the hub's basement room. Now that raises some pretty big questions. How did he smuggle her and it out of Tortured 1 and Tortured 3? A question for uh... later, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think he he hired a big truck. Hired hired a just... removal system or something. Yeah. Yeah, and then so hired some movers. Flung yeah. it all in the back of the truck and then yeah. delivered it with a whole load of pizzas of torchwood and snuck it in. Yeah. So he's 
secretly enlisted the aid of cybernetics expert Dr. Tanizaki to try and cure her. She is beyond saving, though, however, and the lingering influence of the Cybermen almost spells disaster for the whole Torchwood team. The Cyberwoman ultimately transfers her brain into the body of a pizza delivery girl, Annie, who stumbles into the situation, and Captain Jack and his team have no choice but to shoot and kill the innocent victim. Good summary, a bit of a spoilery one. <laughs> yeah, but I suppose that's basically the entire episode. Yeah, it's quite. Yeah, that is a good summary, actually. <laughs> it's everything that happens. Yeah. There's probably a bit of Doctor Who news, but as always, should we do that after the credits? Save uh, the spoilery yes. stuff yeah, yeah. for later. Yeah. Um, so, cast and crew for this one, we have John Barman as Captain Jack, Eve Miles as Gwen Cooper, Byrne Gorman as Owen Harper, um, is it Nako Mori? Mm-hmm. Yeah, as Toshiko Sato. Gareth David Lloyd as Ianto Jones, Kyo and Reese Williams, uh, Carolyn Chickies as Lisa. Just say it with confidence, Rob. Okay. And, yeah. Carolyn Chickies. Toga Igawa as Dr. Kanazaki. Beth and Walker as Annie. And uh, my Fanwi was the pterodactyl. Am I, am I pronouncing that right, right or wrong? Just say it with confidence, Rob, and it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. My yeah, fan That's week. exactly how you pronounce it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, written by Chris Chibnall, directed by James Strong. Um, yeah, so we can get on with it now. So, um, should we have a little look through the story? Or is there anything else before we move on? Well, just uh, just just one thing. So, um, just to put this in sort of context, so when Torchwood was originally broadcast, I wasn't really watching it. Um, I came to the series many years later, uh, watching on Blu-ray, and um, but I was aware of the series and was sort of vaguely aware of. You know, I was kind of curious whether it was a series that I would, you know, might want to bother with or not. Um, with that in mind, had you seen the Cyber Woman? Be- yes. before you watched it you said yes. you've seen what you I... look like yeah okay. and this was the episode which convinced me not to bother with the series oh really i'd seen a couple of clips but i saw that design and i went that's bad and so th- it always sort of stuck in my mind i'd been vaguely aware of it some like um with day one as an episode i just thought that just sounds just stupid and adolescent mm-hmm but uh, yeah, when I saw you know what this episode was doing, I just went, yeah, I don't think I need to bother with that. So I've I've got um, it, it was the it was the impression of this episode which convinced me Torchwood wasn't worth bothering with. So that kind of stuck in my mind. Um, but anyway, yeah, we'll we'll get onto it when when I finally did watch it, and um, yeah, yeah. So we'll talk about that first scene. So Ianto enters the hub area as the team are playing basketball, as you do. Um, Of course, with the pterodactyl flying overhead. So pterodactyl, is this a bit dangerous to let it out and about and in and out? Yes. Uh, And to be perfectly honest, I completely forgotten that that was a part of the hub. I remember when we were talking about the first... Uh, the very first Torchwood episode, 
Um, it's it's there, uh, and there's just this random shot of it flying over Cardiff at the very end of the episode, which yeah. which which made me laugh. And then it's <laughs> and then it's largely forgotten about, and then and then we get it here. Um, it just seems completely innocuous, but of course it establishes quite a significant plot point later on. But um, it just seemed completely random. It was just oh oh yeah, of course they've got a pterodactyl in the hub. Do we ever see it again? That's a good question. I've got no memories of it. It just seems to be there in the first episode. We might see it a little bit in the second, yeah. but that's pretty much it. Then it comes back with a vengeance here, and then yeah, yeah I, I don't think we do. I mean, we may be wrong, but I've got no memories of it coming up later. Mm. Yeah, so just flying around. Um, Ianto is obviously got something planned. The team finished playing basketball and run out. Um kind of playing up to how Iento thinks he's perceived. You know, they kind of just ignore him, throw him the ball and leave him there. Um, So he rings Jubilee Pizza. He asks for a couple of pepperoni pizzas with some coleslaw on the side. And this is where Dr. Tanazaki arrives. Uh Just lets himself in. He's this cybernetics expert. And uh, he takes him down to see Lisa. And Ianto kind of explains what happened because Lisa worked at Torchwood 1 with with Ianto. She was converted during battle. And I guess because she was made out of materials from this earth, she wasn't sucked through the void because she wasn't covered in void stuff. Um, And then we get the reveal. So what were your initial thoughts? Um, well, to begin with, I th- thought um, the way that uh, it the episode plays starts off with, as you said, with the with the basketball game, which I found quite irritating to be honest. But um, it seemed to be that thing of going, you know, they're all, you know, they're all together and the work as a team and the camaraderie, and Yanto is still the outsider and the loner. Um, because up until this point, he's really just been, you know, the guy who works at reception, pops up once in a while, doesn't seem to have much of a life or indeed much of a character um, beyond the fact that he might order pizzas for the gang or something like that uh, and, and, and and looks good in a suit. But that's pretty much it. Um, and finally, it was sort of, oh, OK, the, we're finally bringing this character into the fold. Let's see how this is going to go. It's um, he's being a bit shifty. You know what's going on? So it seems a little, you know, it seems promising to, to, you know, to begin with of going, right, okay, we've got this additional character whom they haven't really done anything with. And now we're bringing him in and seeing what what makes him tick. So, you know, there's intrigue there and going, okay, let's let's see, you know, what's going on here. Um, Then you bring this doctor in. It's like, right, okay, well, it's a, you know... is he not to be trusted because he's bringing an outsider somewhere where he clearly isn't one of you know shouldn't be? So it's a bit of an interesting uh, uh, beginning, and it shows promise. And then we see the cyber woman, and you go, "Oh dear!" Mm. So she's um, I bring in some of the sound here. So she's hooked up to the machine. Um. Maybe a better approach would have been to go with more like body horror rather than like 
how do I explain what she looks like and how did, how did it come about? What's with the heels and the <laughs> breastplate? <laughs> right, okay. So, um, we have this uh, this woman who's been partially cybernized and there's this thing about like how much of the percentages, but it's roughly 50-50. So, still 50% human, 50% um, cyberman. And uh, so, you can still see her face. You, see, you still see her face very clearly, but it's encased within a cyber helmet, but it's basically the front's off, so that's how you can see her face. Fine. Um, it's the rest of it, which is, yeah, she's basically wearing a cyber bikini, um, covers her breasts, but is designed in a way where, for some reason, you can see the lower part of her chest, and it's designed in a way where you can see her stomach, and it just dawned, and there's, sort of this, this lattice of of leg work so you can yeah. still see her legs. and even the leg panels they're transparent aren't they yeah and then and then uh, for some reason she's got cyber high heels on <laughs> it's just the stupidest design ever i mean it's i mean there's a part of me which kind of goes <laughs> kind of i don't know in an odd way kind of likes it because of just how absolutely tacky and inappropriate it is it's just absurd had um I mean, there's a lot of faults with this episode, but I think if they got the design of that right, I think uh, I think a lot of people would kind of forgive it a lot more, to be perfectly honest. But you just look at it; it's just it's just stupid. It's ludicrous. You can't so you can't take any of it seriously. It completely removes yourself from you know from you know given the fact that this is you know that there's uh, this sort of like a little bit of body body horror element, but there's a tragic love story mixed in with all this you're supposed to be emotionally engaged you can't be because you cannot take anything seriously yeah they they designed this in the heat of the battle (laughs) (laughs) stupidest thing ever it was just absurd i mean i suppose in an odd way it does put a smile on your face because of just how absolutely silly the whole thing is but yeah what should they you know what should they have done well I think maybe something on the lines... I, I don't know whether... Do you remember Attack of the Cybermen? The Colin Baker story? I'm not going to suggest having dressed like the Sixth Doctor, no. You know how uh, the character Lytton is partially cybernized at the end? Mm-hmm. You know, given the fact that that was a Doctor Who story made in 1986, didn't necessarily have the, the budget, what have you. That is a much better look than what you get here. And I'm not saying that, you know, have a like for like. I'm not saying, you know, completely adapt what they did in that story. But I think that would have been a much more effective look um, than than this. Yeah, and Chibnall kind of does it does the same kind of thing again with Ashad. Oh, Ashad. What's he, what's he called? You know, oh, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So he was like um, more human, but half converted. And we could see his face, but... He didn't have like a cyber six pack and all this going on. <laughs> yeah, know. and um, yeah, I think that would have been a much more effective look. And then maybe you could have just had, you know, you see the face, and you have parts of the body which are clearly cybernized, but you know, maybe have like I don't know, like the right arm, which you know, it, it is completely human and. There would look, you know, there's different ways that you could have done it, but for some reason they decided. <laughs> down this route cyber bikini and cyber heels yeah and and i remember them saying like oh this is going to be 
a real memorable villain. Oh, is this going to go uh, down in people's memories? I mean, yes, it did. I mean, yeah, they did. I mean, reasons. they're not wrong, Rob. They're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, one scene never forgotten. So, you know, yeah. yeah, they're right. It is memorable. Yeah. Very memorable. Now, we'll we'll keep going. We'll not give up yet. Uh, because <laughs> this episode does deliver in other ways uh, as well. So, we'll... we'll um, We'll give it the benefit of the doubt for now as we kind of explore. So um, they go upstairs and um, Dr. Tanazaki's working on um, getting her breathing again on her own. Sometimes, in order to save what we love, we have to risk losing it. Very profound phrase there. So um, they unplug her, but unfortunately, um, the team are coming back because you know there's just like some UFO flying over the bay. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Why why didn't they invite Ianto out? Does he ever go out and about with them after this? Uh, I think he does eventually. Uh, as I say, I can't really remember much. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll have to yeah. find out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that in itself, uh, you know, is brought later into the episode. Yanto actually, you know, puts that forward to Jack. It's just going, you know, what do you care? You never asked anything about me. You don't know anything about me and so on. So, mm, yeah, um, yeah, it is. It is brought in as a as a, as a plot thing. Mm-hmm. So um, as the team return, Dr. Tanazaki takes Lisa down to the basement, you know, big mistake because he gets converted he's thrown into the chair there's a lot of screaming going on all the mechanical arms come out the ceiling um so yeah he's a goner so the team returns but there's a big power drain so ianto says he'll go check out what's going on because he he kind of said oh yeah some power cables came out the generator earlier so he goes to check it out. Mm-hmm. Would you work some coffee magic? Are you the coffee boy at work? <laughs> no. Are you? No, no. Um, I, I, I make a point of never making anyone coffee, and I don't expect anyone to make one for me. So I no, like, no, it. No, I, exactly I like so. it that way. Yeah. Well, funny enough, everyone else at work's like that. Yeah. I mean, people think people love it when people make people cuppers, but I don't like it when people make mine because they'll make it they'll make it wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> nice thought, but yeah, make it properly. Yeah. What do you think of the conversion unit with the little CGI arms and stuff from the ceiling? Yeah, you get the idea of what's supposed to happen, but I don't think it's particularly effective. What about no. you? Yeah, it's just a bit weird. <laughs> yeah, because it's not as if so because the, the arms come out of the, of of the unit, and they just sort of stay there. It's not as if you see any any of them like really lower or anything like that. It's yeah, they take the just the wave around menacingly, with no uh, no apparent function. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, uh, you know, when you see it in um um. 
the episode of which this is a sequel. I've forgotten it. You know, the actual David Tennant thing. Uh, what's it called? I don't know. What? You, you know, the uh, the climax to series two. The climb- oh, of Doctor Who. Okay. Um, yeah. Army of Ghosts. Doomsday. Army of Ghosts. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, you, you have something similar in, in that episode. Oh, is it? Uh, yes. And also um, the actual first Cyberman story that they do. That's yeah, that... much more effective. Oh, you yeah. Because you've got these big swords and they are moving around and doing mm-hmm. all sorts. Whereas these just sort of come out and, as you say, just sort of like hover around menacingly a bit, but don't really do anything. <laughs> yeah. But you get the idea, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so Ianto goes in to check on Lisa and poor old Tanazaki. We'll get a few close-ups of him, don't we? Mm. He's dead. Oh God! Oh my God! What happened? His upgrade failed. Was it an accident? But it's cool because we get. You're not, you're not kidding. <laughs> we get the Cyberman eye profile sticking out his head. Me and, and by stuff. removing the weaknesses of his humanity. What have you done? Visually, You've I think he looks man. better <laughs> than right. Lisa. That's what I expected from Lisa. I hoped. <laughs> if they see the body, if they find out what we've been doing, I can deal with them. Don't you go near them! You didn't mean to do this. Uh, something's happened to your so mind. She... Um, uh, just, just uh, some kind of side effect from this whole thing. She's acting more um, split now, isn't she? She's also half Cyberman, half of Lisa. Do you... Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, one thing that I do like about this is sort of like how they play on that. So, he, she went to cybernize uh, the Doctor, um, and. You know, that's what you would expect that a cyber, uh, uh, Cyberman to, to do, because they're all about, you know, you will be like us and all the rest of it. But her explanation for wanting to do that is interesting. Um, she's saying, I wanted to do that because he helped me. So it's sort of that, that, that the actions of a Cyberman, but with the rationale of a human, It you know, that, that culmination of it. So actually, you know, that that's quite, you know, that's quite an interesting way of, of going about it. Uh, and I think that aspect of it is done quite well, um, and that runs out throughout, you know, pretty much the whole of, well, n- not all of it, but well, yeah, actually, yeah, pretty much most of the episode of um, the way that she sort of behaves. Yeah, it's like a it's like a hybrid of a human Cyberman. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's a it's a good way of putting it. It's like she's got the ideology of a human, but with like no morals, really. So, what happens after this? Oh, yes. Yano goes to hide poor old Tanazaki. Mm-hmm. Drags his body around, has a bit of a cry. And we get another dozen or so close-ups of poor Dr. Tanazaki's mangled face. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, in terms of the body horror element of it, is is effective. You know, you've got this big metal socket of where his eye should be, and then part of the the cyber helmet sticking out of his head. You know, you get the idea that it was a really bad, painfully botched uh, cyber conversion. Uh, mm. You don't actually see it an awful lot. Uh, they don't linger on it. No. Um, which is, but, you know, it's one of those things of, I think it's a good, it's a good makeup and, and everything like that. You kind of want to see it a bit more, but they, they don't. It's, so it's not actually gratuitous. And I think, um, that design and how they've realized it is you know is very effective 
um and it it does look horrible but in a in a good way you know it's you know to sell the idea of it so that is effective yeah uh, so we get a scene back upstairs. Tosh sends like an email to the flying saucer to tell it to bugger off. So that's one <laughs> yeah. crisis averted. Mm-hmm. While Gwen and Owen head down to the basement because they've they want to check on Yanto and they've detected two life signs. They've also looked at the CCTV. Um, mm. Tosh retrieved what was deleted, and they found that Yanto had brought this guy in. Mm. Um, so um, they go down to the basement to check it out and Owen has quite a reaction because he knows what it is When you were watching this originally, did you feel like there was a real danger here? Um, With the Cyberman threat? In theory. I mean, they, the actors themselves, I think, sell that moment very well. Well, I think... Um, uh, I'm actually not, not too convinced by John Barrowman when he reacts to what he's been told. You know, that thing of don't kid around. It's... But the the rest of them do. They really sell the moment very effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and in theory, I think it's like you you, you get the threat of of what the cyber you know, the threat of the cyber woman. But again, it goes into what we've seen in the design of it. It it, it doesn't you know it doesn't marry up. I can't so I can't take it that seriously. I certainly didn't think any of the characters were in any mortal danger because they're all the main cast. Yes, that's true as well. Yeah, there's the the thing of. Um, you know, the beginning of the series. I can't see any of them dying at the end of this, so yeah. Yeah, you can always hope, but no. (laughs) If you had to lose one, who do you think? Jack? Uh, (laughs) Yeah, to be honest. (laughs) I mean, um, it's funny, I've never really... I've never really liked him as a character, um, and John Barrowman is. A, I mean, I've never met him. Maybe quite, you know, decent chapel. You know, oh, he might not be stories. Oh, he might not be. Um, I just think him and the character—they kind of always bugged me. Um, but what's interesting when we've been going through uh, these episodes of actually, actually, how much I kind of really dislike the character, and I just find him mm. like a dick. Um, so yeah, it's just like actually, I think Torchwood would be a lot better if they didn't have him as a character. Mm. Um, but it seems like it's something the story wants to explore because he is especially a bit of a dick in this story. Yeah, but again, it's and you're completely right, Rob. Um, but I, again, it's sort of like I don't buy it. Mm. I, I, there's like you know the way that he's. You know, those, there's quite a few moments when he's threatening uh, Yanto and that he's going to basically uh, blow his brains out. I don't buy it for a moment. There was never one scene. Well, I don't think he would because um, jumping ahead, if you kind of read between the lines, he, uh, he does send Yanto ahead for 10 minutes. 
Um, without open, yeah, but after, without openly admitting that he's given him a chance. Yeah, but yeah, but after the scene where he's basically had him against the wall with a um with a gun pointed to his head and saying that you yeah. know if you threaten someone with a gun you got to follow it through and I will follow it through type thing. And during that whole thing, I think we the audience are supposed to you know feel that this is all incredibly tense, and that you know uh, Jack is being serious and that this is potentially something that he could do. But there isn't a single moment when I thought that. So I didn't feel that it was tense. I actually just found it irritating more than anything. I mean, at this stage of the show, you never really know because we got a bit deceived with Susie in episode one. She she was kind of billed as one of the main team, even on the website. She was on the main lineup of character bios on there. Um, right. And I think they did that intentionally, so we'd get a shock mm-hmm. at her death. Mm. But so yeah, Yano could have had his brains blown out, I guess. Yeah, but this and this isn't just because I know how the this you know the series progresses or whatever. I mean, when when I eventually did first watch Cyberwoman, like for me, I do, for for me none of the tension was there. I don't know whether it's because of maybe a little bit of the performance writing. The direction. I don't know. It just doesn't quite. None of it just seems to marry up for it, and it it just. It just seems like you you're watching this and you're kind of going through the motions. There's very little engagement for me. So during those moments of what I think are supposed to be like big, tense, high drama moments, I'm watching it going meh. Yeah. Meh. Yeah. <laughs> so while Jack does escort him upstairs and hold him at gunpoint. Ianto does go on about um, why he's deceived them. Because, you know, mm-hmm. he, he loves Lisa. Look, yeah. we need to know what's happening here. Because this is where these things start. Small decisions that become mass slaughter. These creatures regain a foothold by exploiting human weakness. Then they take a base, rebuild their forces, and before you know it, the cyber race is spreading out across the universe, erasing worlds, assimilating populations, all because of the tiny beginnings here. We need to stop her. Together. You're not listening to me. The conversion was never completed. She already tried to kill Gwen. You think she's going to stop there? There is no turning back for her now. I'm... Not giving up on her. There it is. Yeah. I love her. Can you understand that, Jack? Haven't you ever loved anyone? See, it's it's an interesting theme to play with. Hmm. Um, like Yanto's so stubborn on the matter. You know, he loves her. He's not. He's, his priorities are the other way around. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's sort of like I can understand the emotional rationale behind it. Uh, I'm sorry, this is going to come down, and uh, I was kind of wanting to avoid it, really, but uh, I can't help it. I think you know where I'm going to go with this. Um, Chris Chibnall is not a good writer. Now he's not awful. I've seen, you know, I've read and seen, you know, much worse things. He's at best, he's okay. I think he can come up with good ideas. At the heart of Cyberwoman is an interesting concept. And actually, you made a good point, Rob, which I never considered, which was actually, he does sort of come back to this idea during Jodie Whittaker's 
uh, and his run of the show mm. uh, with uh, that Ashad or whatever. Ashad, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, and one of the things that when we were watching the villa, uh, the villa of um, Diodanti, we really liked that character because it was incredibly well realized and it really posed a threat and it was, you know, it was it was powerful and you know there was a lot going on. Um, and maybe the genesis of that idea is in Cyberwoman. So maybe something good came out of it if this is the thing that gets the ball rolling that eventually leads us to there. But that's, you know, that idea executed well. Um, here, as I said, there's good concepts, but it doesn't, it's, it, it doesn't quite work for all sorts of reasons. And really, you know, we've got the design that unless... Chris Chibnall specifically wrote into the script the designing of that, so that that that, that well, can't be I, I him, think but... I can probably check do a bit of fact checking but I, I, I don't think Chibnall's responsible I think it's the mm. director that asked for the change and make yeah, it look sexy <laughs> yeah no no, no I, I, I couldn't see Chris Chibnall actually writing that so the, the fault of that cannot be laid at him that's the fault of well from what you've said the director it's stupid um but with the but going back to the point I was making is just going. But in order for this story, this idea to really work, I think you needed a writer of, I think maturity. And you know, so you get these moments. Yes, I understand the emotional rationale with what he's doing, but in terms of how it is written, um, and I think also that there is a fault of the director here as well. There comes a point in this episode where Ianto, he, he's annoying. And it's a shame because it's like, this is the first episode in which, you know, we're getting him uh, to be a major character for the first time in the series. This could have been really emotionally engaging and powerful, but he comes across as a completely wet blanket more than anything else. And he pisses me off more than mm. anything mm. so there comes a point that yes i understand the emotional rationale with what he's doing you know and he can empathize with that um but in terms of how it's written and how it's executed and actually i think the actor acquits himself very well so i, I don't think it's the fault of his performance i think it's got more to do with the material he, he he's been given to work with and how it's directed he just he just comes across as annoying mm more than anything and there's a point at the end when in the, um you know when he 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 thumps jack yeah outside mm. outside because uh jack has set the pterodactyl <laughs> oh yeah so do you want to have a quick listen to the, ba- <laughs> the, the big epic battle yeah yeah go on let's put it on the power will run out i can wait jack help her Returns to surrender. Have you not seen what she's done? Let it stay in the cells. We can help reverse the process. I told you we're past that. Hold them back. What are you gonna do? Don't ask questions. Just get them on there and hold them. What is that stuff? What kind of barbecue sauce. It helps it identify its food. Shouldn't leave that out because, like, what if one of them puts it on their pizza one day? <laughs> Last thing they ever do. <laughs> You're killer. Yes. Ah. 
Have some fucking mercy. Anyway, that, yeah, okay, that's enough of that, Rob. <laughs> right. um, so I think that at this point in the episode with what's going on, we, the audience, are supposed to be like really emotionally engaged with what's going on and be excited by the, the drama and the visual aspect of it, right? And I think um, had this been better written and better uh, directed, I think the way that we would be engaging with the story is that we completely understand why I, where Ianto is coming from and we completely understand where Captain Jack is coming from and we're both sort of siding with both of them. So there's that sort of that, that conflict and that could have been really well done. Uh, instead, what ends up happening is we have Ianto like screaming his head off that he can uh, that he can help uh, uh, his former girlfriend the cyber woman but we're watching it going no you clearly can't you're just being deluded now uh and you kind of like completely with captain jack on this so when they're eventually outside and yanto like thumps him one i think there's a post i mean a, my i think what the intention would be is at that point with this conflict that would relieve some tension and we the audience would go yeah nice one yanto you you've decked him one because he was going on like a dick mm-hmm. but i'm watching this and going I'm watching this and going, punch him back. Go on. Because he's caused all these problems. Um, and I'm not, again, it's like what I've said. I understand the uh, emotional rational and what, what he's doing, but he's caused, he's caused absolute chaos. Yeah. So, so the team's and Jack specifically's reaction isn't unjust at all hmm. because of the situation. But, um, is is he is he Anto's position justified as well? Yeah, and that's the thing. I, th- I think had this. I think what we are supposed to be thinking as the audience is that yes, it is. But again, that I think that really takes skill, both with the writing and the direction. So I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that the fault's entirely with Chris Chibnall. It's it's with it's with the director as well. Um, but it but it doesn't it, that doesn't come across. Um, no. and so it, you know, whatever potential were there is just kind of thrown away is, mm. yeah. So Tosh, um, let slip that they can now get back inside the hub. Mm-hmm. So Ianto runs ahead, but you know, he's not the first person to get there because quite a while ago he ordered a pizza from over the road. And it's, yeah, if I would have pizza and been waiting this really long, I would have been putting in a complaint it, at this point. It's going to be freezing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the cold pizza arrives. Um, the pizza delivery woman comes in. She's let, because she uses the intercom, that gives Lisa the ability to open the doors. Yeah, so when Ianto arrives, he pulls mm-hmm. a gun on them, but Jack turns that around to pulls the gun on him. Mm-hmm. Um, so how would you describe what happens here? Because the way I see it is Jack's still kind of kind of keeping the same stance, but he lets Yanto go ahead. Do you think mm. um, he's having a bit of mercy here or sympathy? Well, actually, well, I th- well, possibly, but then you could actually flip it on the other, the other, uh, the other way and go, well, no, he's not because he's getting him to kill his girlfriend. Mm. 
you could actually oh, that's a very cruel thing to yeah do. that's a bit dark and twisted yeah um so i look at it more more on that angle but but it's in, i can understand where you're coming from because i think you could see it in, in in that way as well but yeah. i'm going no he's um that's yeah, actually I suppose, quite a... yeah yeah i suppose what yeah because i suppose lisa needs to needs to die so why give him hmm. time yeah it's a bit weird yeah um but he goes in and he finds Lisa like, already dead on the floor. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's a bit gutted. <laughs> Just a bit. <laughs> Yanto? <gasps> Yanto is me. It's Lisa. I'm human again. You fought so hard for me, I had to hold on for you, so I took this body and transplanted the brain. Do you think um, this is a good ending? You're not Lisa. Get a bit of body horror here with the brain transplant. Like. Yeah. Last time um, you said that, it was a Saturday. I mean, we get a bit of emotional we character stuff here with the dog pissing on the cheese tent. Cheese toasties and, and cheese toasties. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I laughed out loud with that, that line, but I wasn't laughing with the episode. I was laughing at it. Uh, that, yeah. It got so freezing, we wore our coats and shared one sleeping bag. Hang on, it's coming up. Yeah. When we woke up the next morning, a dog was pissing on our tent. <laughs> <laughs> See, he forced a bit of a laugh there. <laughs> I need you to hold me. I need you to tell me it's all right. Turned the gun on her. You wouldn't shoot me. I did this for you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's a bit awkward, like, which body would you go to and hold? Yeah, because they have this image where he's, he, he falls onto his knees and he's, he's between both of them. Hmm.
So, did you get a bit of an emotional kick from that? No. Oh, no. <laughs> just nothing. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, then maybe I'm just... Maybe I'm a Cyberman, just a cold-hearted, yeah. miserable git. Tough position to be in. Uh. <laughs> it is. I mean, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where... For me, I think, you know, when I think about it, there's a lot of potential in the idea, in the, the you know, the story, the script. It um, it could have been so much better, mm. you know, but, um, you know, when we woke up and a dog was pissing on our tent, <laughs> it's probably the one line of the story which had any, <laughs> any emotional reaction from me, which was just laughing my head off. <laughs> just like, classy the only other thing which got, uh the only the only other line which got a reaction from me which was just like a, oh for god's sake sod off jack was because earlier on in the episode uh he gets uh, electrocuted by the cyber woman and uh he survives and there's a thing at the end of the episode where he and uh, gwen are having a conversation and he uh, and she says i honestly thought you, that was one time you were going to die and he said well do you want to know a secret to be honest so did i yeah right, okay and then you get the line and for a moment i felt so alive <laughs> grown just why is this episode about him now <laughs> yeah. and then the camera point just pans down to Yanto cleaning up all their shit <laughs> <laughs> which is what he you know which earlier on in the episode when he's uh confronting he's just back in his place yeah it's just and jack's towering overhead in the office it's very yeah it... Yeah, and I think, I mean, for an episode to really... Because effectively, this is our introduction to him, really, when you think about it. Because up until now, he's just been very much a background character to the point of really not worth mentioning. Uh, this is really the first episode we're finally introduced to him and see, you know, and it, it doesn't give his... It doesn't do him any favours. Mm. It could have done. Could have done. Uh, had it been handled, I think, much more effectively. Yeah, there is a um, there is a deleted scene that would have took place afterwards, if you'd like to right. have a quick listen to that. Yeah, yeah, go on. Um, so, Yanto is back to work in re- in the reception upstairs, in, uh, mm. and Tosh enters. Okay. With some coffee. And she puts one down on the desk. your coffee. Right. Nobody ever gets you a coffee. Doing anything nice for the weekend? Yeah, just burying my girlfriend. Go on through. <laughs> He's opened the door for her and he won't look at her. Oh. And now she's turning the corner and he swiftly looks and the door closes and now he's holding his coffee all alone and the camera's panning out the end right in terms of uh, obviously I'm not seeing that I'm just listening to the audio and and, and how you're describing it but from that I wish they kept it in Mm. um I mean, I'm not saying that that scene would have completely um, rectified everything in the episode, but I do think it's an emotion. It's an important moment. It shows someone else, like 
you know, it's, it's acknowledging everything everything that's gone on has been really mucked up. Yeah, now he's been shown a, a bit of appreciation, and yeah, but because it's of his because up... because of his final glance back, maybe he wants the connection with them now. Yeah, um, but it's taken something that horrible and drastic in order for that to happen. So there's you know there's a lot going on there uh, emotionally. Um, uh, yeah, that would have been interesting had that kept it be kept in, and I yeah. I wish they had, to be honest, but never mind. Yeah. So we've probably got some. Um, I was going to say customer feedback there. <laughs> 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 some listener feedback somewhere. <laughs> Should have a little look. Yeah, yeah. David Farnborough said one of Chibnall's best scripts. It took the premise of cybernization and looked at the human consequences. A good showcase for Gareth David Lloyd. Who's that again? Is uh, that the chap? Ianto. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. With, uh, like, is that what I was saying? I, I wish he was given stronger material to work with, but I do think he, he. I agree with that. He he does give a very good performance. Yeah, his face yeah. must have hurt at the end of this shoot, and it was always scrunched up. Scrunched crying. up and crying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope he didn't go method. <laughs> sort of like major depression at the end of it. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree. With, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I just like for my, my my wish. I just think I wish he'd been given better direction and stronger material to work with. Mm-hmm. But that, you know, so any fault, but it's the, the fault doesn't lie with him. It was a definitely it was a good performance. Yeah, yeah. And in spite of everything you said, there is a bit of an like emotional impact there for the for the viewers as well. <laughs> no, there isn't, Rob. There isn't. No, no, sorry. <laughs> no, there is. I just met There is. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, Sonia uh, messaged. Our Sonia. She said, all I can remember is that awful, terrible cyber suit and just chaos. It was so hard to get through, but not as bad as the sex alien. Uh, yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, Matt from neither the time nor the space said the best Cyberman story better than Tomb of the Cyberman by a country male that's the problem with the with the tweets and text the irony doesn't come through at least I hope he's been (laughs) (laughs) I don't know Okay, interesting. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. James Swift said, embarrassing, awful, but I'm thankful for it as I believe it was the perfect lead up to that guy from George's era. Oh God, what was his name? I'm blanking on his name. The lone, <laughs> the lone Cyberman. My brain goes uh, to Tobias or Adric, but that's not it. Let me Google it. Ashad. That's it, sorry. <laughs> I apparently don't have a backspace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, for some, I draw a blank with his name. I had to get, you know, Rob remembered it. Well done, Rob. Yeah. Um, James Googled it. Yeah, yeah, James Googled it. Shoot. Um, but I had Rob to tell me, so, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, actually, we made that point earlier, didn't we? It's sort of like, if, if this is what it took to get to that point, then <laughs> fair enough. But, yeah. Yeah, I, will, I think we might have some on Instagram. 
Oh, right. um, I went on my Instagram but accidentally there, and there's a picture of me with a seagull on top of the car. <laughs> uh, let's have a little look here. Uh, yeah, um, Carolyn from My Adventure in Space and Time said, great premise, and could have been a really deep dive into how dark the cyber conversion idea actually is. Mm-hmm. Can he get past that costume, though? Yeah. <laughs> Can he get past it? Can you? No. <laughs> <laughs> Can anyone? Uh, we had um, Martin from Running Down Corridors, uh, Bad Wolf podcast. Uh, he said, this is the most frustrating episode of series one because I think there's a really good episode in here. The seeds are all there. Originally, this was meant to be episode 10. Throughout the series, we were going to see Ianto act suspiciously and pocket bits of tech. Um, with this episode being the reveal of what was what he was up to, Lisa was also meant to be kept in a separate warehouse. However, the making of Series 1 was a shit show and had half the budget and time of Doctor Who to make them the same amount of episodes. Most of Series 1 was shot using the first draft of a script, with the episode order being changed depending on what was shot. This all being stripped away is probably why Ianto has absolutely no character development in this first series. Yeah, he's pretty much absent for a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, he is. And, I mean, you, you're a lot more clued up with the production torch than I am, Rob. I mean, is that, a, is that actually like a pretty good summing up? Because... If, you know, it's a case that it was pretty much rushed and they were very reliant on pretty much first draft scripts, that explains a lot. Yeah, that's pretty pretty accurate, yeah. Yeah, that that explains a heck of a lot. That makes, yeah. yeah. Cyberwoman makes much more sense. Because yeah. I think, you know, we've uh, said the same point and uh, some of, you know, our listeners have made the same point of just going, there are good ideas there, they're good gems, but... Um, Oh, this could have been so much better, and I think that's the thing. It's, uh, I mean, we've, um, and even, I mean, we, we've said that you know, Chris Chibnall isn't perhaps one of our favorite writers of, of, of Doctor Who, but, um, even then, he's, I mean, th- this is, I mean, this is a clunker, yeah. Um, and even, even by his other standards, I mean, this is, it's, it, you know, that's compared to his other stuff, um, with with Doctor Who, the quality is much higher than what we get here. So this being a first draft, it it, it makes a it makes a lot of sense. Hmm. I was also thinking earlier when Jack was talking about the Cybermen, like getting a foothold and expanding. Hmm. What what would your thoughts be if they used this opportunity to bring the Cybermen back through this episode, and then they expand in the main universe from this? Because there was there, there was no really there was there wasn't many crossovers back and forwards. No, there wasn't, um, um, and there could have been with plot elements, if not characters, couldn't there? That's true, but the thing is, it's uh, what that would mean is you would have a spin-off. They, they would have to have heels. Yeah, they would all have to have high heels inside of a bikinis. Um, yeah, no, I think um, what that would mean is so we have a spin-off of Doctor Who which is for an adult audience feeding into the family show. 
But that's what it did anyway. Did it? On, on occasion, didn't it? It did, but not in a massive way. Um, yeah. I think with something like this, I think... And then eventually they they, they, they made Torchwood their, completely its own thing, which it needed to be. I think that Doctor Who should feed into Torchwood and not the other way around. Right. Yeah. Personally, but... Just because of the, you know, the audience, but... What's the next episode up in Torchwood? Let's have a look. Cyberwoman. It's the paedophile one, isn't it? It's the paedophile one, yes. Oh, right. Brilliant. Uh, I mean, I remember... Because isn't that the one with the fairies in as well? Yeah. I like yeah. how you remember the paedophile as the villain, and he's only in it for like a minute. <laughs> and Is it? The... Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, you're thinking of a minor plot point in in a minute of the in a few minutes of the story. Am I? All right, okay. Well, I think it's probably because it's it's just like whoa, Torchwood went there and it's creepy <laughs> as hell. Um, oh no, also... you're you're not thinking of um, Miracle Day with Bill Pullman, are you? He oh, was I also forgot... yeah, I he was also a paedophile. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I forgot about oh. Yeah, uh, no, 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 I wasn't thinking of his character. I completely forgot. I've completely forgotten about that. Actually, um, I think also the fact that um, there was a a, a a trailer at the end of this episode. Mm. Uh, for and uh, you do have that character sort of like hey little girl, you All know right. type of thing. It's just like oh oh yeah oh god, it's a paedophile episode. So <laughs> th- that's the <laughs> sort of the reason why I, re- I remember it, but. Yeah, okay. Oh, our poll's just ended. Oh, yes, I was going to mention the poll. Okay. Oh, so we asked, how would you rate Torchwood Cyberwoman? 23% good, 31 average, and 46 bad. All oh, right, okay. I, I thought it would have been... I thought, I mean, obviously bad still, but I thought I thought bad was going to, like, just... Bad? Does, does bad mean good? No. No, it means bad, Rob. Uh, not down with the kids. I thought bad would have been a lot higher than that, actually. That's a fairly even spread. Mm. Uh, and 23% of people are saying it's good. I mean, these people are clearly lunatics. But um, it's uh, it's interesting. That's almost a quarter. It was a long time ago. I think people are remembering it wrong. Well, I remembered it sort of wrong, if, if I'm honest. Because, you know, when you said oh, uh, we're going to be reviewing Cyberwoman. I was actually looking forward to it. Oh. I, I I knew that I would... Not in the sense that I knew it was a, a good episode. I, I thought it was, it was going to be one of those things that, oh, it's so bad, it's good type thing. Because the thing that I could remember was the costume of the Cyberwoman and just going... <laughs> Makes no sense. It's pretty stupid. It's hilarious. This is going to be a lot of fun. To be perfectly honest, I was surprised when watching it for this podcast how bored I was. Oh, uh yeah yeah i thought you'd love it this week mm. never mind <laughs> well it's all downhill <laughs> yeah so um closing summary closing thoughts opinions give me, give me. Uh, well i would rate it bad there's the there was the potential of something good there there's the ideas there but the execution both in terms of the writing and the direction just really lets it down um but the cast are good, you know. The, the you know they perform well what they're given. So, you know, um, none of the fault can lie with them. The fault lies with um, the direction. But I hadn't actually realised how 
how bad the production was of, of series one. So it, the fact that this was a first draft makes a lot more sense. Right. Um, uh, it's a shame that they didn't have more time then. I, yeah. I wish they did now. Uh, yeah. This could have been so much better. Um, but yeah, also the fact that you know the the director makes made some bad choices. So it's it's not just a case of it's 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 a shame that we were saddled with a with a first draft of a, a Chibnall script. He, he should you know everyone should have been given the opportunity to make it their best. You know, uh, you know having a second third draft would have made all the difference. Um, but then maybe it would still have been regarded as a sort of like a dodgy episode from the directional point of view. Mm. I mean, if, if what was it, James Stone? Yeah. I mean, he, if that's the decision for him to come up with that bloody costume. <laughs> I mean, it's amusing and we certainly remember it, if anything. But, uh, but yeah. Mm. How about Never you? Mind. Um, I'd rate it an average because oh, okay. I enjoyed watching it. All right, good, good. Um, yeah, probably uh, potentially had potential. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if that's a thing. Uh, but yeah, everything again uh, you said was probably spot on as well. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Hopefully, there's more um, to enjoy from this this series. Mm-hmm. I remember. Um, I, I I do remember that there are some good episodes coming up, but I I thought that they really what series one should have been. Is what we get in series two. I always thought that right. series two was it was. I've got memory. I thought it was a lot more fun. All right. Uh, I, I think for, I've only ever watched thing. series two like once or twice. Yeah. Well, the, I'm sure the first episode, you know, they got like a blowfish gangster alien. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just love that. And I went, oh, it's 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 got the balance right of 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 the drama and the science fiction and the horror, but the humor. It's yeah. not up itself. Uh, you know, it, it, you know, its pretensions are thrown out the window, which is good. Uh, I remember enjoying the second episode, uh, second series a lot, and then of course yeah. you get um, Children of Earth, and they really nail the ma- you know the maturity of what they can do with the series, and that yeah, they really that's do. That's really good. Yeah, yeah um, so. part of me um, wished we'd had maybe one more series of that original format. So, you know, see if they could fine tune it a bit more. Yeah, get get more yeah. of um more of the team before they kind of killed them off. Yeah, uh, because th- yeah, I agree with that. I think that would have been that would have been really good. It would have been quite nice um, to finally have nailed it and go right that 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 format of the show is re- you know they've nailed it and all that potential that was there they've they finally released uh, realized it. Yeah, that yeah. would have been quite nice. Yeah. yeah, I mean, a show like this, where it's just this bonkers fusion of mad ideas, mm. I, I, I guess it's probably like hard for the writers to understand what the hell's going on. <laughs> so well, maybe when it's an established show, um, like a third, second and third series, yeah. you, I mean, you, it, you'd it, think there would be an improvement. I mean, the, I mean, when you get shows, like, I suppose, actually, you know, Star Trek The Next Generation is kind of like that. They had this, you know, the, this good idea of of you know of doing this series, kind of knowing what they wanted to do. To get the first series doesn't quite work, yep. but the potential's there. And then finally, with the second series, it's like right, got you've got it, you've you've nailed it. But it's like anything; you need uh, the time to do that, um, and 
the ability to experiment. What it comes down to is everyone needed a bit more time. Yeah. Uh, it's a shame that, you know, obviously everyone would like a bit more money, but it always comes down to time. If everyone had the, the time to hone the script. Yeah. Um, really, that's that's what it comes down to. And it's a shame that no one had that. And the fact that, you know, because the, the, sec- the second series effectively has the same format. Yeah, it's the same 13 episode, just like Doctor Who. Yeah. And it's it, like in my memory, I mean, I haven't watched it in a long, long time, but my memory is the second series is so much better. Mm. and it's sort of like yeah the first series could have been that but maybe that can be our incentive to get through to to reach that just to get through all these yeah i just want uh, you know if, i want to i want to reach the uh the blow uh the gangster blowfish alien thing yeah we'll get there um uh, speaking of needing more time um we've probably wasted enough of the listeners time today but we'll have, but there's the opportunity to waste more that time after the credits. Yeah. Yeah, let's have another forty minute chat. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, Liam, keep him busy while I uh, pull up the the end credits. Okay. Um, well, I hope you uh, enjoyed that, uh, listeners. I hope <laughs> hope I wasn't too negative about it, but uh, you know, be, being honest uh, about it. But uh, I hope I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, I. For the next podcast, uh, we'll be going back to the season 18 stuff uh, that we've been dipping in and out of. It'll be... Um, the uh, I've, I'm sorry, I've queued the credits too soon. Yeah, uh, it'll be season 18 stuff. I was trying to remember the uh, the name of the two stories that we'll be reviewing, but I have completely forgotten them. Oh, no. And, and the Big Finish uh, app has <laughs> bloody logged me out. So I was just hoping to get into it. I'll um, try and get there. Sorry, listeners, we're really wasting your time today. <laughs> oh, for God's sake, yeah. Hold on, I've got an old image. It's a screenshot of your computer. All oh, right, okay, right. Um, yep, yeah, we're doing two big finished stories mm-hmm. featuring the fourth Doctor. Yep. Um, still traveling around eSpace. It's the Planet of Witches. That's the one, yeah. And the Quest of the Engineer. Yes, well, those of them. Thanks, Rob. Yeah. So um, I'll I'll cue the credits again. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, stay tuned if you want to talk about spoilers for the 60th and beyond. We'll be doing that all after the credits. If you don't, just go away now. And we'll see you next time. Um, follow us on socials. One Facebook.com forward slash Cloister Bell. Uh, Instagram, Cloister underscore Bell. Twitter at Podcast Bell. Um, and CloisterBellPodcast.com. See you around. Bye. But don't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Rob. Bye, everyone. That's the Cloister Bell. Don't worry about that for now. It's not really terribly significant. The Cloister Bell? Oh, no. We're back. We're back. So, Doctor Who's due in November, I assume. Mm-hmm. We've got, a, yep. we've got a, a live stream already scheduled on the After Who YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll do some big entertaining spectacle full of games and stuff like that you can subscribe to get a notification about that on the youtube channel uh we'll be doing coverage of that i'm sure unless we've gave up by then <laughs> um we've got the 60th anniversary first um i don't think there's any new news relating to the 60th is there no i don't think so we seem to have moved uh beyond it a little bit um 
we seem to be getting you know more shots of cost you know the costumes and things like that so um we thought we we had uh the new doctor's costume nailed but then the, there was another one where it looked like it was very 1970s with a sort of like a mixture of disco and shaft uh into it, it was really cool costume actually but now that there seems to be a story that is going to be set in the mid to late 60s um and that looks great <laughs> it's a great costume um so you know we're getting uh shots shots of that uh the only other thing uh was i think people suspected it uh with rtd coming back and getting you know assembling his team but uh one big announcement was that murray gold's going to come back uh to provide the music yeah this is a piece he did for the 50th but it wasn't in the 50th it was at the um one of the concerts oh okay um so yeah with, with murray comes a lot of the over the top exciting themes are you happy with this choice um i've got to admit i was a little bit disappointed but then at the fact but at the same time i'm not like oh for god's sake it's like yeah okay he's coming back you are going to get some you know he he, he is a talented composer you are going to get good music um and towards the end of his sort of like original run of providing the music i think he he was a lot better than what he was at the very beginning because one of the things i thought the problem that i had initially with murray gold was there was no subtlety to anything that he did and actually sometimes the well actually on a lot of occasions the music could be very distracting to what was going on but towards the end he you know he balanced that really well i would have liked another composer if if i'm honest um but as i said you know it it fine really how about you um yeah it's gonna be more of the same uh in contrast with the jodie whittaker era i don't think it was very memorable the music no but i actually to be honest i kind of liked that because i thought it was very suitable to the 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 music is is there so supposed to you know it's supposed to, ma- you know, th- uh, to help tell the story and i thought that it was very effective dur- during the jodie whittaker era yeah uh, I-, I liked that so do, do you think with the murray gold stuff it's it's very much like it's very good but it's very much like they're telling you what to feel and they're kind of shoving it down your throat almost yeah yeah <laughs> yes, that's exa- yeah that's exactly what it is yeah yeah uh, I don't know what this song is all about. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's too distracting, Rob. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, Mary Gold has come up with some fantastic themes and so you know so, some great pieces of music for the show, and some that I can listen to completely in isolation and enjoy them. Um, so, yeah, great. You know, he's coming back, but I do like it. You know, when you you can get a composer who is able to do those big dramatic. Uh, moments, but also provi- you know, but also know when not to provide music and know when to be subtle. Murray um, Gold's not really that sort of like type of composer, really. Um, so, yeah, as I said, you know, fine. Um, very much ties into the sort of RTD approach. 
I don't think anyone... I think it would be more of a new story. It's just like, oh, he hasn't brought Murray Gold back. Well, there's a surprise. So I think we're kind of all expecting it. My personal preference would have been... Would have been nice to get someone else, but... Yeah. But I'm not going to lose sleep over it all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, it's not my show anymore. Because Murray <laughs> Gold's back, so, you yeah. uh, I'm not that fussed, if I'm honest. <laughs> uh, so with the whole Russell T. Davis to era, um, my question's just gone. With this, I'm just gonna turn this music off. <laughs> See, Murray Gold's music stops you thinking. Yeah, I just started feeling and not thinking. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, I had an important question. It's just gone. You've ruined this podcast with putting bloody Mummy Gold's music in it, Rob. <sighs> um, so, uh, as more and more news comes out, yeah. do you find yourself more excited or less excited? Um, I wouldn't say... Uh, <laughs> I'm just, neither, I'm, neither or. N- non-plus. Non. Um... um <laughs> I'm looking forward to the 60th anniversary. Uh, I think at this moment, because there's been some, there's been some like big announcements already, and um, I think now it's just sort of like, right, okay, I'm just waiting to to see what it is, because um, you can't keep a sustained level of constant excitement. You'd, you'd be, you know, be a raving lunatic. Um, at this point, it's just sort of like, I'm just waiting to see what's on offer hopefully it'll be good yeah i mean what's been happening we've had a bit of casting news Mm -hmm. um jinx monsoon joins doctor who Mm -hmm. um in a galaxy of comets and supernovas here comes the biggest star of all jinx monsoon is a collision on a collision course with the tardis and doctor who will never be the same again Whatever. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> saw that announcement. I wasn't was right. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think at this point it's just because you know we've got the we've got the big announcements that you really kind of want with you know um, David Tennant's back again. Yawn. Uh, no, sorry. You know David Tennant's back. But you know that was a big announcement. Uh, we know who the new Doctor is going to be. Who the new companion is going to be. Some of the big names in this show. Um. You know, th- so that level of interest, intrigue, and excitement that one can get with these sort of sort sorts of announcements, I think, is has passed at this point. It's just kind of like, yeah. right, okay, let's. Obviously, we've got to wait now, but let's just get on with it and let's see what. Mm. We've got a, we've got a new for. Doomsday comic coming out. I'll just text you the cover. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, right. Are you serious? Is that the cover? That's that's the cover. No, that's got to be it. <laughs> that's a pest. Are you serious? That's the cover. Forbidden Planet is selling it for like two pound. Yeah, it's atrocious. That's bad. <laughs> that's really bad. <laughs> so maybe it's not a joke. Right. Okay. 
So uh, for the listeners, um, we're looking at a cover for the Doomsday comic, which is um, that that thing. <laughs> oh, okay. This isn't this isn't good, right? Okay, so we got the we actually got the trailer for the not the comic, but the whole you know the, the beginning of the Doomsday thing. Um, and that didn't get a favorable favorable reaction. I, I not... found an alternative cover. You can buy it twice. Right, okay, let's have a look. Have you got it? Yeah, not so bad. It's not as hard on the eyes. No, I mean, that's that's better, but I mean, there's still some bizarre design. What's going on with the logo? This, the, the, You've got the, the BBC single... logo, then half of one Doctor Who logo, then the half of another one. Yeah, and then some random woman on the front. Yeah, and then uh, and then a different type of font with Doomsday, and then a different font with Comic. It's bad. So you've got all the fonts which are all over the place and are um, uh, just offensive to the eyes. Uh, and then the first version of the comic, you've got um, photos of Missy in the background with this... What's the character, character's name? I don't know, but she's like the greatest samurai in the cosmos or assassin no, I, whatever i don't know yeah and uh wearing um yeah just uh, yeah not looking at all assassin like uh wearing big clumpy boots what looks like sort of like pajama bottoms <laughs> some sort of cloak and a, it's a bad design it's not a good costume at least with the the second comic cover that you've sent it's it's a little bit better but it's it, it, it's shit it is shit that's bad i thought that would have been a uh um like a rough dummy version of it before they finally it's just so i'm gonna have to look you know when you see something so repulsive but you can't can't help but keep looking at it yeah it's just all over the place the photograph's bad but as i said and then you've got one two three four five different versions of five different fonts (laughs) <laughs> all squashed into one it's a bad bad design hmm. it's awful i don't know what's happening anymore the world makes no sense no it doesn't the world's yeah. got bonkers yeah <laughs> right okay so there's that <laughs> bad something to look forward to so um yeah is that our contribution to this segment this week uh, Murray Gold costumes and crap comic design covers. <laughs> yes, I think it is. Does she got anything else? Um, no. I've lost my drink. I've got um, I've got my wubba lubba dub dub hip flask. I'll <laughs> 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 open that and have some scotch. Right. Okay. Oh, that's nice. Are you got a drink? No, no, I just had a coffee before and I've drank it all. All right. Um, oh, well, I think that's pretty much it, eh? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I've got three days off, so I might get a haircut, um, which is long overdue. So um, do, what what do you ask for when you go and get a haircut? Uh, just a number one all over. Number one all over, that's very simple. Yeah, yeah. I can't be bothered with, uh, <laughs> with gelling it and being fashionable and stuff to shave it all off <laughs> yeah. wait usually, a month and shave i'm usually it off like again. can i get 
three back and sides and short on top. Now, mm. the short isn't shorter than the three, just, just to clarify. Right, okay. I'm not like a skin-headed monk with hair on the side. Um, yeah, so I leave a little bit of length on the top now and mm-hmm. then kind of just... Uh, oh, I, I use the word style it loosely. It's not any style. <laughs> it's just... It's just you know, I, don't know. I don't know anymore. I need a new, a new hairstyle. <laughs> yeah, I know. Maybe we can it... put it to a vote. Let the, well, pa- the... the patrons can vote my new hairstyle. That's a bad idea. I'll be sure you want to do that. Um, I'll give them good ones. I'm not like Kim Jong-un. I'm going to give them like three, three, three bad ones. Yeah, fair enough. So the, the problem is with me, I've, I've got a very strong like salt and pepper look. Uh, so there's, you know, I've still got the, the black, but there's a lot of grey in there, which I don't mind, but I just wish it's just like, right, okay, can all the greys just catch up, please? So yeah. just... And then I feel like I would be, you know, if I wanted a different hairstyle, then, you know, be able to style it in some way. Yeah. Maybe I'll get you some black hairstyle, uh, black hair, hair dye for your birthday or something. Oh, thanks. It's kind of birthday's <laughs> coming up, actually. Um, yeah, no, th- that's the thing. It's like when a man dyes his hair, you can always tell, and it's not a good look. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Just you know, natural. It's fine. Yeah. Embrace the great. Are, are you losing any hair yet? Is it receding? No, no, it's not. No, uh, actually, I don't. No, mind. So, someone commented on my the fact that it's sort of like the fact that I'm in my, my mid thirties and my hairline's still pretty darn good. That's good. I think I think mine is, but um, yeah, I'm get I'm getting the greys, mm. but my wife just pulls them out. <laughs> right, okay. If she keeps that up, I'll have no hair left. <laughs> yeah, I it's think no wonder men go bald. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that is that the cause of it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, there comes a point where it's just like, no, no, no. Um, yeah, as you say, you'd, you'd have no hair left. Yeah. Right, so should we make a plan for next recording? Uh, yes. Uh, which we'll just do it you... on air. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah. Um, which days would you be able to do next week? I'll just check. Um, I could do Monday, Tuesday... I could do Friday. Is that a bad day? Wednesday and Thursday I could possibly do, but I'm up early. Probably up at like half two in the morning. Oh, well, well, no, we won't do that. <laughs> should we do it? <laughs> we could put you through that hell, Rob. Yeah. But we can, um, we can skip a week if you want. But uh, but those are the days I'm definitely free on. Uh, should we do Friday? Okay. And the following week, I've got a week's holiday. So. Oh, nice. Whenever, yeah. No worries. All right, I'll uh, I'll see you soon, and we'll see about the listeners. We're just waffling on at this point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, Rob. Hopefully, Cheers. see you soon. And uh, bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye.